Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey traders, Akil Stokes here and welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. If you guys are new, I'm a professional Forex trader. I am also a trading coach over at tier1trading.com. In today's video, I'm going to share with you a very painful trading experience and hopefully twist it into a lesson that will help you overcome this obstacle in the future. So a heavy emphasis on trading psychology today and talking about creating neuro pathways and really just changing the way that you think for the better. Now, as always, I'd appreciate if you guys supported me on this podcast by leaving me a review, leaving me a rating, and of course, sharing this podcast on social media. So each and every day, either myself or my trading partner, Jason Greystone, we produce a video for our tier one trading members called The Trading Edge. And at least once a week, I try to upload a public version on YouTube as well. This week, I uploaded The Trading Edge episode 50, and it took a look at a very interesting trading scenario. It was a, a setup where there was one opportunity, and right below the stop loss of that first opportunity was another opportunity. So think about it as a trade where if it got stopped out, you'd have to immediately jump right back on the horse and trade it again. And the trade played out in a very interesting way. Um, where actually the first one got stopped out and then the second one didn't get filled but went on to hit would-be targets and i went on to explain to the traders just the pain that comes with this type of scenario and and a little bit about the mistakes that this type of result can lead the trader to make in the future so just wanted to hop in and give you guys a little bit of background information before we get into today's rant. Now, I know some of you guys heard this already from a YouTube video, but this is going to be an extended version. So this is going to be the full conversation that we had in the live room. And we're going to dig into a little bit more detail about neuro pathways and changing our thought process and, and why we're programmed to think that or to think the way we are. So I hope you guys enjoy and uh, yeah, check it out. It's not going to be one of those, the, one of those uh, instances where you have to choose one over the other. I will be able to enter both. This is probably going to be, for you guys that have ever experienced this situation, this is probably the most gut-wrenching situation that you can have in trading. Who can tell me why? Who can tell me if they've ever been in this situation? Back-to-back -back pattern formations with the second entry being essentially right at the stop of your other one. Who can guess why this is pretty, this is gut-wrenching? Why it will, it will twist your insides and, and, and squeeze them. But yeah, it's one of those things where you have to get stopped out and immediately enter a trade again. So imagine like you're, you're, you're a boxer and you go into the ring 
Mike Tyson punches you in the face. Boom, you're knocked out. And then you've got to get right back in the ring against Mike Tyson again. Who wants to get back in that ring? It's tough because I'm not sure if we talked about it here if, if, or if it was in the podcast I did yesterday. But we, um, In general, as, as humans, as people, we tend to hold on to things. Um, we tend to base our future expectations off of the most recent results, right? Recency bias. You guys ever heard of that? And that's even more dominant with painful situations. We hold on to pain more than we hold on to pleasure, right? You think about different times in your life, we hold on to a lot of more painful situations than we do the pleasurable ones. And you see that more, even more in trading. People are like, okay, winning trade, that was good. Oh, that loser from two years ago. Because pain affects us more than pleasure in general. So to get stopped out of a trade is a painful situation to you guys that have emotions and that care. Once you become numb like me, you don't care. It doesn't matter anymore. But for you guys that are that still have your trading emotions, that still feel a little, a little bit of a pinch every time you're stopped out, right? The first thought that probably enters your mind is why the heck would I enter again? It's literally five pips after I just got stopped out. And especially if we get stopped out on like some big uh, high bearish momentum candle, that's just steam rolling down, right? Don't catch the falling knife. Right? Why, why would you do that? And it's fresh in your head. But guess what you got to do, guys? Guess what you have to do if you want to be a consistently profitable trader? Got to take them. You have to. You must. You may not want to. But you have to. And this is where valuing the process has to be much more important to you than valuing the outcome. In your brain, when you think about pain and pleasure, you have to associate pleasure with following your plan and pain with not following your plan. The pain of not following your trading plan, so skipping the trade purposely, has to outweigh the pain of taking a potential loss, a second potential loss. It has to. That's the only way it's going to work. But these situations stink. Fall off the horse and get right back on. Ooh. But you know what's worse? We talked about this earlier. You know what's worse? Know what I would hate? I would hate to see price action go down. Stop me out of my first cipher. And who knows? It, it could hit targets on the first cipher and still rally down and hit the second one. But let's say stop me out immediately. Big old bear candle, right? Stop me out immediately on my first trade. I get scared. I don't take the second trade. The second trade rallies up, wins. And now not only did I take a loss on the first trade, but now I missed profits that would have made up for that loss on the second trade. 
That's when the computer would go out the window. But it's all about how we make these associations. That's all it's about. I mean, think about it like this. Is there any reason to assume? Yeah, we can't say kick the cat anymore because like PETA's listening. They don't necessarily like that animal violence. We're so sensitive in this world. So that's why you notice I haven't been saying kick the cat. Now I've just been tossing things out windows. But next thing you know, they're going to say, windows and computers have feelings too, Akil. And then we won't be able to do that either. And I'll have to come back and be like, when I get angry, I gently tap my computer on the back and say, it's okay. And I give it a big hug, a big old love hug. We're getting soft, man. But, back to the point. Does the outcome of the first trade have anything to do with the outcome of the second trade? <laughs> I appreciate you guys putting up with my ridiculousness. It takes a certain type of crazy to spend three hours a day with me. But no, the, the outcome the outcome of the first trade doesn't affect the outcome of the second trade. We just create a reason for it to out of fear. Because if you think about it, you put if you put a positive thought on it, why don't we just why don't shouldn't we right based on probabilities? Right? How how many of you guys have tested the cipher pattern? Based on the probs, how, what, what, what is your shoot me in a win percentage that you guys got? And make sure it's a good win percentage because if, it, if it's not, this rant won't work. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but shoot me in a win percentage what, what you guys got from ciphers, just in, in, in general. Does it have to be your best pair? Does it have to be your worst pair? 82%, golly. 72, I see 77%. 70, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of Aussie, Canada, and New Zealand dollar testing. 82 is really good. Any, if it was anyone else aside from Gabrielle, I would question that result. But we actually had Darren had 80% when he first, uh, when he first tested it. Um, but, all right, so we're seeing like, let's, let's just say 70%, right? So, pure probability, right? Because we're, we're, we're working off the idea that the first trade loss, so we're so scared and we're so fearful that we assume the second trade is going to loss going to lose as well. If we have a 70%, if, if, if this pattern formation has a 70% chance of winning, it wins seven out of every 10 trades, right? Safe to say that it wins more than it loses. Therefore, if we have two trades and one loses, shouldn't the probability be that the next one is going to win? Now, I know it's not like that in real life because the, the numbers are so rangy, but in general, in general, the probabilities in theory, yeah, it, it should have a better chance of winning versus losing. But we never think of that in a positive way. We always think about the negatives. Why do we always think about the negatives? Why do we always assume the worst?
Why doesn't anybody go into it like, oh, this ne- that, that last one lost? I know this is going to win. That's what I do during losing streaks. I love a good losing streak. That means the winners are coming. I love taking five straight losses. That's why I'm just getting them out the way. That win streak is coming. That's my mentality. We're going to get all these losers out the way right now so we can get back to winning. Each loss brings me closer to a win. That's the that's the mentality I have. I hit a draw that I don't think, oh, no, it's going to last forever. I'm never going to rebound. We're going to lose forever. No, no, it's okay. Taking my pain. Get my pleasure. But yeah, that's what we talked about earlier. Yeah, the brain is made. Well, let, let, let's, well, correction. False. The brain isn't made to think the worst and protect us. We choose that way. And choose is probably not the right word. We're, 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 we're programmed that way. It's not made. The, the brain is made to do whatever we want the brain to do. Right. We have the ability to make new neuro connections in our brain. We can make new neuro pathways that that allow us to think and operate however we want. But we're programmed. You're right, Phil. I think we're programmed at a young age to think that way. To assume the worst, protect the worst, all that fun stuff. But we can change that. It is a choice. It just takes a massive amount of work to change it. But we are in control. Don't let's not forget that. We are programmed and when when we're programmed for the majority of our life, especially at a young age where the brain is the the most active as far as like growing and whatnot, it's it is hard to break. But we can break it. It just it takes a massive amount of energy, a massive amount of time. And again, we, we talk about this a lot of our deliberate success and, and we work with mainly a women's group. And they hate hearing it, but this is 100% true. Women as a whole have less confidence than men. And it's not their fault. And it's going to get better in the future because women and girls are being raised differently. But an older woman, right, was probably, and even some younger women now, were raised still under kind of the idea that, hey, you, you are not equal to men. You should not have this job. You shouldn't do this. You can't do that. A lot of them were raised that way because again, it's, it's only, it's only recently that women are really allowed, not allowed, but accepted. And even, even now it's not fully that way, but that women are being more accepted into different roles and have that belief. So in general, you know, we work with a lot of women because they, they, they lack self-confidence. But we tell them that you can change that. You don't have to be programmed that way. You don't have to just accept that and be like, hey, that, that's what it is. You can make a change. And that's what we try to try to make them do with the deliberate success program. We try to show them how you can make a change. And it's a long process. It's not a process that, that you can do in a week and it's boom, magic, quick fix. It's something that you have to program, reprogram yourself to do over years. And trading's the same way, guys. It's a skill and it's not a quick fix. You don't go from struggling trader to successful trader in a week. But if you make slow, slow, consistent, deliberate steps in the right direction each and every day. Eventually, you'll be there. 
Think about how many guys, how many of you guys struggled so much when you first started trading. Many of you guys, when you first start taking the course, right? I get emails every day. I don't understand this. I can't see this. I can do this. It's so frustrating. It's so hard. I'm not going to be good enough. And then like three months later, I never hear from you again. Well, because at the beginning it was so hard. But because you made slow, consistent, deliberate steps, eventually it started getting easier and easier and easier. Either that or you gave up, yeah. <laughs> or you just gave up. That's funny, but that's also true. <laughs> that's also true. Um, but that's that's normal. That's normal. It just takes time. It takes so much time. I wish you guys... I. I, I I wish you guys would have saw me. I, I was I I blogged and stuff. Um, I don't think that blog exists anymore. But I I didn't like film anything. I wish you guys could have seen me during my struggle day. I think it would have given you so much confidence to see me when I sucked. I listened to a lot of Gary V, and he always talks about. Um. He talks about newer entrepreneurs and how you should document the journey. Because it's going to suck now. But when you look back at it, once you become successful, you're going to be able to go back and, and point to people and, and, and really prove to them that you can do this as well. And I wish I would have done that again. I, I blogged a lot. Back then, blogs were in. But if I would have recorded myself like on a daily, just a, a, a we got a, a guy, Jesse Seymour, is doing that. If you ever get a chance on Twitter, listen to Jesse Seymour. He's not a, he's not a, um, he, he, he's a, he's a follower of ours. He's not in the program, but he started blogging his trading journey from like sucky trader. And it's going to be cool in like two years when he becomes successful. And you got, and you, and you go back and watch those videos. But I, yeah, I wish because I, I was bad. And that's how people started following me because I was bad. So the key takeaway from today's podcast is realize that although we are programmed to think a certain way, it doesn't mean that we have to continue to do so. We have the ability to change how we think. We have the ability to change our actions. And that is what separates consistently profitable traders from consistently struggling traders. So as always, do me a favor, rate, rank, review, share, subscribe, and I'll see you guys next time.